All right, here we go. Welcome in to another episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. Farzine Vasugian here with you on a Wednesday. And uh, training camp is underway. Yes, we are closer and closer to kickoff. We are exactly 50 days away. Can you believe that? 50 days away from kickoff. Chiefs, Lions, they get the season underway in exactly 50 days. I know a lot of you guys are looking forward to that. And the Chiefs have already begun preparations as day one of training camp is in the books. We'll talk about training camp as rookies and quarterbacks have reported, as have a few vets. Uh, Talk about that as well. Some reactions from day one of training camp, the biggest story out in St. Joe. And also talk a little bit about quarterback that uh some of the reactions that has received now since we have last done the podcast because keep in mind when we did do the chief stone podcast uh it was the same day the series came out and a lot of interesting reactions out there since then so we'll talk about that as well and also the espies boy did the chiefs shine on SB night so a really good night, really just a good time to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Obviously, the Chiefs uh, household names at the American Century Championship Golf Tournament. So uh, it is a good time to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I'll tell you what, I mean, everything going on this year with the Chiefs and uh, all the celebration, and Patrick Mahomes kind of alluded to this because when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl before uh, in uh, 2020, January or February of 2020, obviously the world went to hell. Uh, we, we don't really need to get into that, but unfortunately it did take away a lot from the uh, chief's experience that year, such as all of the big massive events that year, such as, uh, the, the gala we're seeing with, uh, with Mahomes, um, obviously the white house visit, uh, the, the team did get a verbal invite from president Trump at the time, but the chiefs never ended up making the trip to the white house in time because that is when all the lockdowns took place. Um, so it's been such an, it's been such a weird off season. It it feels like it's been a long off season because you know, you're always just waiting for football season to come around, but at the same time, man, it, it just feels like this has been a quick one too. It's so weird. I mean, I've always been the guy that says it can't be uh, one and the other. It can only be one. But, man, it just feels that way, doesn't it? It kind of does because uh, with everything, Travis Kelsey going on Saturday Night Live, doing his thing there. uh, I mean, Travis Kelsey, what an offseason for that guy. Rubbing elbows with so many celebrities, with so many major events. Obviously, the NFL draft being in Kansas City. Another moment where the Chiefs got to show off their trophies. Uh, Some of the uh, national journalists did not like that. But, hey, that's not really our problem. Uh, I I mean, come on. Like, you're the reigning champs and you have the NFL draft. Of course, you're going to show off your trophies. What do you want to do? want to do not talk about the fact that uh, the the city host uh, is, is, is the reigning champion i mean come on get out of here with that crap uh people are people are crazy uh gary's asking uh, enjoy your post thank you i appreciate that any updates on the chris jones extension no and we are getting closer and closer to um to training camp, well, well, at least for the uh, veteran portion, when they uh, are supposed to report Saturday, 
as Sunday is when we see uh, all everyone uh, practice together here. Um, by the way, I see all of you guys' comments here. Uh, I, I definitely want to read them all as we move on here. Uh, before we get into, before we get any further, I do want to let you guys know that this podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. If you guys go to SeatGeek.com, if you're a first-time customer, you can use the promo code Farzine and you will get $20 off your first purchase. This is only for first-time customers. So if you go to SeatGeek.com, you check out the tickets. And by the way, it's not just in Kansas City. It's not just for sporting events. If you want to go to a comedy show, if you want to go to a theater show, if you're going to a concert, whatever it is, wherever it is, if it's at SeatGeek.com, you can definitely purchase tickets. And the cool thing about SeatGeek is you get to find out if you're getting uh, the best bang for your buck. In other words, whenever you look at the ticket prices, it'll put a little green dot next to the ticket prices. If you get a green dot, that's a good sign. You definitely should purchase those tickets. If you get a red dot, it means you're paying more than you should. So SeatGeek has some honest service there where they let you know if you're paying the right amount or if you're paying more than you should for that ticket. And if you want to get $20 off, use the promo code SeatGeek or excuse me, promo code Farzine over at SeatGeek.com when you check out. Yeah, a lot of you guys, a couple of you guys are bringing up the wide receivers here. Let me just quickly touch on the whole DeAndre Hopkins thing because, you know, I, I, I'm surprised by it. I thought for sure he was going to be Kansas City Chief. The word out there was that he was going to wait for the Chiefs because in order for the Chiefs to be able to afford DeAndre Hopkins, they were they needed to extend Chris Jones. Well, well an extension essentially was going to help free up some, some salary uh, some salary cap space this year. Um, and I guess the the way that and I'm not going to pretend to be some cap ways, but I guess the way they thought that was all going to work out was that they were going to try to backload that contract, which is kind of similar to what the rumored uh, contract offer was for Orlando Brown last year when the Chiefs, for whatever reason, were wanting to give him a six year deal, which was a heavily backloaded deal. Um, so the Chiefs and, and I think they're trying to do that with Chris Jones. And to go back to the earlier question from Gary, you know, What's going on with that? And I don't know if a lot of people know right now. Um, DeAndre Hopkins moving on to the Titans. There are some people out there on social media a little worried about this, and I don't want I don't want to dismiss these concerns because I because I think these are somewhat valid with training camp uh, for the veterans being a couple days away. Yeah, I mean, what 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 happened there? Why is it that Chris Jones did? Or, uh, why is it that DeAndre Hopkins did did not wait? You know, did the Chiefs let him know, hey, we're we're still trying to figure things out with Chris Jones? I don't know. I'm speculating here. Uh, but the fact that DeAndre Hopkins did not wait any longer, um, I, I think there is a valid question to, to be posed right there. It, it, what's going on with Chris Jones? What's the latest on that? Obviously, he was at the ESPYs. We saw that. And I'll touch on that a little later on because that was a very nice night for the Kansas City Chiefs going three for three that night. Can't get any better than that. Um he did thank Brett, Brett Veach when he was on the mic, and a lot of people, I'll be honest with you guys, I thought he was about to announce a contract extension. The way he was talking, he was getting a little emotional too. Um, 
And I'm, I was like, wait a minute, is he about to announce a contract extension? This would be a very weird way to do it, but I'm, I'm ready if this is what's, what's about to happen. But no, they were building that up for uh, you got to fight for your right to party with him and Kelsey on stage. Pacheco also a part of that group, uh, as well as Mahomes uh, accepting the award from, from Mike Tyson. Yeah, listen, think about 10 years ago where this team was. They were coming off a 2-14 and 14 season. If you told me 10 years ago, that one day the Chiefs would accept an ESPY award for best team and the person presenting them the award is literally the baddest man on the planet, the former world heavyweight champion, Mike freaking Tyson. I, I would have said you're crazy. I would have said there's no way in a million years that would ever happen, but that's exactly what happened. Uh, Mike Tyson did award the Chiefs the, uh, the best team, uh, which is pretty cool. I'm a Vegas Golden Knights fan. Listen. I'll say that I'm thrilled the Chiefs got it. I really am. But uh, come on, man. How do you not give hockey a little bit of love there? I mean, they were using their fourth string goalie on the season, but I won't dive too much into that because I know you guys are not here for that. Some people thought it should have been the Georgia Bulldogs, perhaps. I mean, uh, did you see TCU (laughs) in that championship game? Uh, I don't think anyone's seen a frog get dissected like that since middle school science. So, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty brutal there. Uh, Scott says, do you think the Chiefs will get another wide receiver? Do I think the Chiefs are going to make another run uh, for a wide receiver out there? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Maybe. Uh, Listen, there's always the possibility that maybe in a month there is someone who's going to unexpectedly get let go. There's always that possibility. But I think the Chiefs have a lot of confidence in their receivers. We've talked about this a lot last pocket. We also went over this on the Red Friday live stream last week. And I think the most important thing to keep in mind here is the wide receivers on the Chiefs right now. There's a lot of potential, but there's also a lot of uncertainty. For instance, Justin Ross. This guy's got a lot of hype. Coming into the, into the season, uh, especially now that, you know, the injuries behind him, it's been more than a year now, and the Chiefs are hoping that he's going to be the guy that can maybe help surprise and, and lift this offense moving forward. Kadarius Tony, he's the expected number one receiver. At least that's been the talk all offseason long from insiders that the Chiefs really want him to be the number one receiver on the team. Uh, there's also Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice, and I always love those two together because I think with those two, you got to keep in mind, they're both second-round picks, both very recent draft picks. Uh, Rasheed Rice is a rookie, and Sky Moore is entering his second year, so obviously he was drafted last year. And I think the thought is, you know, in general, second-round draft picks generally are starters, right? Um, they can be starters. I'd say about 90% of second-round picks start playing significant snaps by the end of the season, if they're not already at the beginning of the season, uh, provided, you know, they stay healthy and whatnot. So, uh, you know, I still think this is a very, I don't want to call it a crowded wide receiver room because you don't have a clear cut number one guy right now. Are there guys with a lot of potential on the team right now? Yes, absolutely. But there's also, I mean, there there, there are a lot of interesting names here. You know, there's a lot of pie to go around with this group here. Um, I don't know if you're going to have a thousand yard receiver here because keep in mind with, with Kadarius, Tony, you want to make sure he can stay healthy. He has to prove that he can play a full season. I mean, if he misses one game, fine. I mean, that's not a big deal. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has missed 
games in the past. Travis Kelsey has missed games in the past. Um, very rarely, but but they've missed games in the past. So l- listen, it's a physical sport, and the sport gets tougher and tougher every year. So things happen occasionally. Um, some of these players fight through the the pain, the injury, um, and, and you don't hear about it at the time. Sometimes they don't open up about it until the offseason, maybe not even until after their career is over. So, uh, you know, I, I'm getting off topic here, but my, my point is here, I think with the wide receivers right now, you've got so many interesting names here. Sky Moore, I, I, I still wonder what this guy can do. Uh, again, second round pick. That's that, that that that's a round in the NFL draft where you can find starting quality players, especially at the wide receiver position. Uh, certainly. So I'm very curious what he's going to do. Rashi Rice. I know Lewis Riddick of ESPN was very high on the kid um, in a Sports Center segment. So I I'm always curious to know what what the Chiefs can do with him in terms of how much room they have for him because keep in mind, you, you know, you can't throw the ball to everyone 10 to 15 times a game. It's, it's just not realistic. Oh, and by the way, your number one pass catcher is Travis Kelsey, not a wide receiver. Of course, a tight end, obviously. Um, but, but by the way, I did say earlier that I, I wasn't sure if the chiefs would have a thousand yard receiver. I'm obviously referring to the wide receivers specifically Travis Kelsey. I mean, it, it, it provided that he stays healthy, the, the guy's 100% getting a thousand yards this season that there's no question about it, but uh, what the wide receivers, who is going to be your true ace at that position? Who's going to be the standout number one receiver this year? Are, are you going to have one or is it going to be a wide receiver by committee? Are we going to see uh, MVS uh, pull in 800 yards and then KT have 750, Sky Moore with 500, Rasheed Rice with 550? Is it going to be that kind of uh, a season with the wide receivers this year? I don't, I, I don't know. I think this year, the wide receivers have probably the most uncertainty, probably an area where there's a lot of excitement, but there's also some question marks here. There are some guys here that have a lot to prove. Uh, and that's not to say Sky Moore had a bad year last year. Not at all. You got to keep in mind, the guy was playing behind Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS, McCole Hardman, um, and, and didn't really get a chance to play much until, unfortunately, the Chiefs were dealing with so many injuries at that wide receiver position. So, uh, th- th- this is, I mean, listen, you have no Juju Smith-Schuster, obviously Tyree Kill is long gone. MVS is one of the vet- veterans on the team. Uh, Justin Watson's still on the team. Richie James, don't forget about him too. Uh, this is a guy who can make some things happen on the field. And I think some people are pretty optimistic about Richie James because he did some good things in New York's offense, which keep in mind that offense was not very good. Last year, I know they made the playoffs, and I will say in the playoff game, Daniel Jones played lights out, played maybe the best game of his career. And that was a very big surprise to me because I had the Vikings as NFC champions last year. I had Chiefs Vikings as my pre-playoff prediction for the Super Bowl. So um, to see the Vikings, uh, the way how well they played all year long, battle-tested, I think they were, what, 7-0 or 8-0 in one-score games, and they had a lot of games that came down to the wire, and they were victorious in all of them. But in this one, man, they just got destroyed by the Giants from the get-go, and obviously the Giants came away with the win and the biggest game of uh, Daniel Jones' career. So people are wondering, can Richie James come into Kansas City and maybe play better with a better offense, a better coaching staff, uh, a better system, uh, especially suited for him, a better quarterback, obviously, and Patrick Mahomes? Those are obviously some uh, some questions we'll try to get answers to in training camp and the preseason. We'll see what happens there. 
Uh, Reed is asking any updates on Rashi Rice rough training day today. Yeah, that is the biggest uh, story. That's the biggest headline from day one of training camp is that he uh, struggled a bit today. And Adam Teicher of ESPN was talking about whether or not this could be due to the heat. Anybody who has been here in July and August knows it is damn hot. The humidity is insane here. Um, I think that was one of the biggest complaints about the All-Star game in Kansas City in 2011, I think it was. Yeah, 2011 or 2012. I can't remember the exact date. I think it was 2012, now that I think about it. Because, yeah, it's been uh, the 11-year anniversary was uh, last week. But anyway, um, one of the biggest complaints from national baseball writers was that nobody wants to go to Kansas City in the middle of the summer because of how hot it is. Um, So, you know, is that the kind of thing where, uh, you know, these newcomers, especially rookies who've maybe never been to the Midwest, have to adjust to, certainly. Um, But, you know, listen, I'm seeing a lot of the overreactions online. Um, I, I, uh, I heard about this on eight ten when they were talking about it. It was, it was the biggest subject, uh, during the midday show. Um, and they were talking about whether or not this is going to be a big deal on Twitter. And I thought, no, there's no way. Obviously, you know how Twitter works, uh, in our world now. Um, there, 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 there were some reactions to, to that, some concerns. Listen, I mean, the guy probably puked up his breakfast. Okay. If that's what it was, I'm not concerned if they had to, Rush him to the hospital after he puked during one of the drills, supposedly. Yeah, I'd be I'd be I'd be concerned. I, I'd say, what's going on here? It's day one of camp. This this guy was an early draft pick for the Chiefs. And this is a bit of a concern here. Is he okay? Is he gonna be all right? What's what's gonna be the situation moving forward? But that's not the case. Uh puked up, you know. Listen, I'm sure there are a lot of high school athletes across America who do these uh, two-a-day drills uh, in the summertime for their high schools, right? So that way they stay in shape, better prepared for the upcoming season. I'm sure that kind of thing happens across America with high school students who do these morning practices, especially anyone in the Midwest. You go to any of the high schools uh, right now that are doing these kinds of things right now uh, with uh, summer prep for, for the upcoming season for fall sports. I'm sure there's you know, maybe some some students who maybe ate a little too much breakfast and uh, right before they uh, go to work, uh, tra- training and whatnot, they uh, they let things out. So, not a big concern. Uh, uh, not a big concern whatsoever here. Uh, what are the other big storylines in uh, day one of training camp? I guess not necessarily on the field, but more off the field. Uh, Felix Anudike Uzama and Wanya Morris uh, they had some friendly trash talk during their press conference where uh, I guess they both invaded each other's press conferences and, and they both kind of cut in asking questions. I think uh, FAU was asking Wanya Morris, are you a trash talker? And he goes, hell yeah. Uh, so it, it's pretty cool to see these guys, these rookies go out there, have some fun, especially, you know, when it's all it's so intense, you're dealing with the heat. It's Andy Reid's training camp. So, you know, it's definitely going to be even tougher than the uh, normal training camp out there. And these guys are obviously going from the college game to the NFL. So they're definitely making that adjustment. Uh, uh, I mean, they're learning that that's that's uh, welcome to the NFL, right? For for Rasheed Rice uh, and all these guys, uh, Rasheed Rice obviously had that welcome to the NFL moment there. But um, I think FAU is so interesting here because they did talk about these two going up against each other, Kansas State versus Oklahoma. FAU did get a sack uh, beating Wanya Morris to get to the quarterback, that kind of thing. It was brought up today. 
I think FAU is a very interesting guy, and we discussed this a little bit last week, and I think this is something worth getting into again today, is what kind of production can we expect from FAU? Because you 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 don't have Frank Clark. He's moved on. Uh, Carlos Dunlap, uh, I believe he's still out there in free agency, but it doesn't appear that he's going to return to Kansas City anytime soon. So... What are the reasonable expectations from Felix Anudike Uzama? Because uh, obviously being a K-State guy, being a Kansas City local kid, um, this guy's a lot of people, a lot of people are going to be watching him for sure. Um, especially the, the fact that he's, he's from the uh, city that he's now playing in the NFL for um, always a special story, but that can also come with a little bit of pressure too. Uh you got a lot, obviously, family members. You've also got a lot of friends that are probably going to be asking for tickets. A lot of people, you know, asking him or maybe family members, hey, how's, how are things going? Is he going to have a big season? What's going to be expected out of him this year? There's probably some of that you're dealing with. Um, I don't know how many of you listeners are UFC fans, but, uh, you know, something I've heard about UFC fighters, whenever they have an opportunity to fight in front of their hometown, and, and listen, it's not like WWE where, WWE, I mean, they have, what, three, four events a week? So it's very common for a WWE wrestler to perform in front of their hometown maybe twice a year. But in the UFC, outside of Vegas, L.A., Miami, and New York City, uh, I mean, a place like Kansas City or Omaha or San Antonio, St. Louis, Louisville, you know, all these towns... uh, you know, they don't visit those towns as frequently. Um, for Kansas City, uh, they visited in 2017 and in this year, 2023. Um, so anyway, the point I'm trying to get at here is a lot of times UFC fighters, when they find out that the UFC is going to be in their hometown, they definitely try to get on the card. But then once they get booked, they deal with this pressure of everybody asking them about their fight camp and those same people. Family members, friends, friends of friends, acquaintances, and whatnot, they all ask for tickets to get to the event. And you obviously don't want to decline any of these people because you want family and friends to to come to your event and cheer you on. And you also don't want to let them down either. So so you don't want to say no to those people. And you kind of deal with pressure like that. So I don't really know if FAU is dealing with any of that kind of thing. I, I mean, unless I would imagine that's the case. The guy's human. He, I, I'm sure he's got some friends, family, friends, relatives, you know, all these people that are going to be wanting to attend uh, in 50 days when the Chiefs and Lions get underway. So, uh, you know, I think that kind of thing is is always interesting. How, how does a guy like that handle the hometown pressure, so to say, with that kind of thing? It's a cool story. It really is. But behind the scenes, the things that don't get out there in the media, I, I always wonder, you know, um, how often is this guy getting asked things or maybe his parents would get asked things. Cause you know, if you're, if you got family members, parents, siblings, whoever that they get asked all these questions, that'll eventually get back to you one way or another. And you'll realize, man, a lot of people are, are keeping an eye on me. So I'm very curious to see what happens with FAU. Uh, and listen, if this guy has five, six sacks, I don't think that's bad. You got to keep in mind, this guy's part of a very stout defensive line with George Karloftis on the other side, who had a phenomenal second half of the season. And you also have Chris Jones, who, you know, his name speaks for itself here. He's up there with Aaron Donald as the best defensive tackle in football, maybe even better than Aaron Donald after he took a bit of a step back last year, regardless what the Madden ratings say, but I'm excited to see this defensive line here. I think this is by far 
one of the biggest strengths for the Chiefs. And you look at the secondary, too. The young secondary the Chiefs have and how impressive a lot of the rookie quarterbacks were last year. And they've got a year of experience under their belts. A strong pass rush will always help a secondary. And I think that secondary did some great things last year. And I think this year, with the defensive line looking good on paper, obviously wins are not uh, created uh, that way, but... I think that's still the expectation, right, from the defensive line. I think people think that they're going to do some good things this year. I'm excited for this defense. I think the Chiefs will have a top 10 defense this year. They'll be top 10 in total defense. I think they're going to be in the top five once again in sacks. They were second this year behind Philadelphia. I'd love to see them improve on that interception number. I really, I'd love to see it. We talked about this last week. I don't remember the exact number. I think it was 10 or 11 interceptions, and that was below average. I think the Chiefs can do better than that. I think they can go out there and get maybe 16, 17, possibly more, uh, maybe 20 interceptions. And a big part of that can be thanks to that defensive line up front. That's going to be creating a lot of pressure all year long. So I'm excited to see what what the defensive line is going to do. And FAU uh, joining the mix here, I think, makes this defense better, younger, faster, stronger. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this season. That'll be the the position group I'm going to keep an eye on the most in the preseason. Um, and I understand that you know not we don't have the official depth chart yet, um, but it's it's FAU is probably going to be a backup. That's that's very possible. Even with first round draft picks, they're not number one on the uh, first uh, the initial depth chart release. So. Uh, he might be behind Charles Amina, who we'll see. Um, and there's a possibility they, they both split a lot of time this year on the defensive line, regardless who starts. Um, so I'm excited to see what that defensive line is going to do this preseason, especially that first preseason game when the Chiefs visit the Saints uh, to uh, get their preseason underway. Let me just quickly look at the chat here. I have not kept an eye on that in quite some time. Scott says, if a deal doesn't work out with Chris Jones, what kind of draft capital could we get? Oh, boy, Scott, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't even know if I want to answer that. Um, I hope it does not come down to that. I certainly don't think uh, we ever want to get to a point where we have to discuss that because if, if, if we are going there, and I don't think that's the case, but if we have to go there, boy, something went horribly wrong and... Perhaps Hopkins knew something that uh, none of us know, at least not yet. I don't think that's going to be the case. But if you really want an answer to that question, man, it's got to be similar to the Jared Allen deal where you got a first and two thirds. Maybe today in the NFL, teams would not be as willing to give up that kind of draft capital. Uh, What about the Tyreek Hill trade? Uh, You got a lot out of that one. Um but man, I listen, I know the Chiefs were able to get some really good players in last year's draft thanks to the Tyreek Hill trade. I just don't know if I ever I don't know if I wanted to come come to that. I think the Chiefs, the last two drafts, phenomenal drafts, great drafts by Brett Veach. They've been good. But now you're kind of at the point where you got a lot of bodies, you got a lot of players, uh, you know. If you have another draft where you have maybe nine, ten, eleven picks, boy, I don't know if um if you have enough room to get all those people, even last year, 
felt like the Chiefs had a lot of draft. I think they started with 10 and they finished with nine uh, off the top of my head. I would have to look, but I don't have that in front of me. Uh, even then, last year, I thought that was a lot, but they still found a way to make, make it work. And they did uh, They did pretty good. So um, it's uh, it's pretty cool to see, um, to see uh, how the Chiefs have been able to, to make that work. Uh, out there. So I'm very excited to see what the Chiefs are going to do. I'll get back to some of you guys' comments a little later on. Uh, let me just wrap up training camp talk with this. What are my expectations from training camp here? Listen, I know it's an exciting time. A lot of people want to go out there and check out this team, and, and that's cool and all. Uh, if you get a chance to go, I hope you go and have a great time. I've heard a lot of good things about it, uh, despite being in the heat and whatnot. My thing is this. I don't go too crazy over off-season highlights. I just don't. Um, I remember Justin Ross ran a route and there was no defense. This was an OTAs, obviously, but Justin Ross just ran a route and caught a pass. Um, People were going crazy about it. I'm thinking this might be the greatest route ever ran in OTA history based on the responses here. So I try, listen, I don't get carried away. I know in the past people have talked about, you know, Sammy Watkins. He made some highlight plays at times. I know Justin Ross, he had another play last year in OTAs where he uh, caught a pass near the sidelines and had both feet in bounds. Like that's cool and all. But, you know, when you're, when you're going against a generally not even a defense, but even if you have a defense in front of you, they don't go as hard. I mean, they're not, obviously you all know the quarterbacks don't get hit in practices. And if they do, that's a huge no-no uh, within your team. So, um, you know, I, I just want everyone to come out healthy. If there are certain guys that are expected to do very well, and if they're struggling in camp, yeah, that's a pretty big concern. But in general, I'm not too crazy about it. I'll never forget Patrick Mahomes' first offseason um, before uh, 2018. Like, the, the year he took over for Alex Smith as a, as a starting quarterback when they traded Smith away, I remember there was a, a story that came out that Smith threw like seven or eight interceptions in the span of two days of practice. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. I, I think that's a concern, but it's not anything to hit the panic button over. Um, you know, I think that's why you do practice because you'd rather make those mistakes and practice and you want to find a way to coach that up, you know, on the field, in the film room, whatever it is. That way, that player can learn from their mistake and erase it from happening again. I, I can't remember the, the name of the head coach. Somewhere around 06, 07, there was a head coach out there who got crucified because he said that he wanted his players to make mistakes in practice. Well, the, the idea behind that is you want these mistakes to happen now than week one or week 18. Because th that is the point of OTAs and training camp, right? You're you're getting the playbook, you're getting used to things, you're you're, you're learning the system. Uh, but if there are any mistakes made, that is the best time to clean them up. And listen, that's not to say there won't be mistakes made during the season. Um, otherwise, every team would go undefeated, which obviously is impossible. Um, but I think ultimately, to me, what I want to see from training camp is that. Things are going as expected. I don't care for highlight plays. I don't care for circus catches. I don't care about any of that stuff, especially when, you know, your defense, your own teammates aren't going to rough you up as much. So 
And don't get me wrong, that's not to say the defense is not trying. Of course they, they're they going to try. They want to get interceptions. They want to be able to do those things to impress Steve Spagnuolo and the rest of the defensive coaching staff. But, um, you know, to, to me, uh, pr- uh, training camp doesn't mean too much. I'll put a little bit of stock in preseason highlights. Again, though, it's preseason. I remember Zach Wilson. People were going crazy. Oh, Zach Wilson's throwing dimes. Yeah, in the preseason. Look where Zach Wilson is now. Uh, backing up Aaron Rodgers, whoever thought that would be the case a year ago. Uh, but here we are. So as long as players come out healthy, I think that's the most important thing. <sighs> yeah, Dominic, the chief zone is back. Uh, the chief zone is a uh, far cast is still, still a thing. Um, and I haven't done an episode in more than a week um, because I'm doing more of this now. Um, a lot of you guys wanted this uh, podcast to come back, so I'm excited to bring it back. A lot of you guys uh, have been ecstatic about it. I am as well. So, uh, you know, we're still going to be doing cast episodes. I will admit, probably not going to be as frequent during football season, but still some things I like to do. We'll still talk football on there. We'll talk other things as well, because as you guys know, cast is uh, not just uh, sports. Uh, you know, I, I, we discuss a lot of uh, non-sports as well on that podcast, so... Uh, if you guys want more uh, commentary from me, Farscast, that's the place to go. It's, it's everywhere, iTunes, or not iTunes, I'm sorry, Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, anywhere you can uh, download a podcast. You can uh, download Farscast as well as the Chief Zone. Uh, okay, I did want to talk about the ESPYs, the Chiefs going three for three. Uh, Patrick Mahomes won the award for best NFL player. This is the second time he's won that award. Uh, he also won the award for best male athlete. This is his first time winning best male athlete. He was a nominee for best male athlete the same year he won best NFL player for the first time uh, coming off that phenomenal 2018 season uh, where he threw 50 touchdown passes and more than 5,000 passing yards, uh, but did fall short. I think it was Giannis who won uh, who won uh, best male athlete that year. And then... It, uh, what year? I think it was the same year. I'm trying to think. Yeah, the same year. Uh, now, I don't know if you guys would consider this a win, but Patrick was part of the uh, SB uh, award winner for best game. Of course, if you guys remember that year, that was when the Chiefs and Rams had that ridiculously insane Monday night football game where both teams scored 50 points. And unfortunately it was the chiefs who were the losers in that one. But, uh, you know, that award is not going to be given if Patrick Mahomes does not play the way he did in that game. So, uh, you know, I consider that an SB award, uh, for Patrick Mahomes. And then in this, uh, uh, this past SB uh, award ceremony, he won best NFL player, best male athlete, first time in his career, and the Chiefs won best team. So the Chiefs were three for three on SB night, and that gives Patrick Mahomes six total SBs in his career. This guy has been in the, he started five seasons in the NFL. He's been in, in the NFL for six seasons, but as we know, his first year, he only played one game. But in the five years he's been a starter, he has collected six ESPY awards. And again, that that Chiefs-Rams one, I I mean, I know the Chiefs lost that game, but if the Chiefs don't play the way they did, if the Mahomes doesn't play the way he did, uh, that ESPY award's going to another game. Um, And by the way, I forgot Chiefs-Bills. That did win the ESPY award uh, also for best game last year. So those are the uh, six total ESPY awards that Patrick Mahomes has won in his career, six ESPYs 
in five seasons as a starter. Very impressive stuff for Patrick Mahomes. And obviously, you know, he's he's now got another new deal, Walmart. So uh, the endorsement money, uh, just uh, stacking them up, uh, stacking them up. Everyone's seen pictures of their house, and their house was featured on quarterback. So, um, yeah, pretty uh, pretty nice house there. In the, uh, in the show... They uh they actually you actually get a tour of the uh, house um when it was under construction and they show the basketball Patrick Mahomes has a full on basketball court here um and it's not just you know a hoop on one side and a hoop on the other side it's like a normal gym where you have additional hoops um on the sidelines as well I I, I I'm not referring to the baselines but uh you get the idea so there are six hoops in that gym and I saw Brittany. Uh, his wife posts a video on Instagram of uh, their kids just playing around in the uh, basketball gym, and they've got uh, inflatables. They've got the Fisher Price basketball hoop there. I, I mean, it's just what a life for Patrick Mahomes. What a life. Uh, by the way, speaking of quarterback, the re- responses to this have been very interesting. I don't want to get too much into this because it it is kind of uh, it's such such a weird topic cuz you know the Mahomes family they've been such a big story uh in Kansas City and outside of Kansas City um listen i've criticized members of the family for things i've i i i just did not agree with but i've also done it without attacking them and making personal shots i just don't agree with that kind of behavior uh on the internet just the things that people have said online um Listen, if you disagree with some of Britney's tweets or you don't agree with her spraying champagne at fans, I certainly didn't. But hey, it was a crazy moment, so I don't think anyone cared. But I still didn't agree with that. I've criticized Chiefs players uh, during the Super Bowl 54 parade for spraying fans with the champagne. I, I, I've at least stayed consistent with it when um, w- when we've seen other athletes spray champagne at fans during their parades. Did, did those people criticize those athletes the same way they did for Brittany? No, not, not at all. Um, anyway, my point here is uh, Brittany Matthew or Brittany Mahomes, excuse me. She made some headlines because uh, she was cheering too loud when the Chiefs beat the Bengals in the AFC championship game. Folks, again, I get. You know, she hasn't had maybe the most agreeable, cleanest stance publicly, okay? Like, the, the the whole thing with her at Gillette Stadium, a lot of that story did not add up. And it was not a good look for her when she mocked fans leaving. Um, You know, you got to say, because you can't, you know, make a big deal that you were being bullied and then mock fans as they're leaving after a loss. Like, you just can't do that. I don't agree with that. Um, But there are people out there criticizing Brittany because she was cheering too loud after the Chiefs beat the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. Folks, I'm just going to say this right now. Again, I, I, I get she's done some things in the past that people don't agree with. But if you watched the show, okay, and I've watched every episode, but if you watch that show and if your biggest criticism of Brittany is that she cheered too loud for Patrick when the Chiefs won the AFC Championship game. You need a fucking hobby. You really need a hobby. Okay? Listen, I'm not particularly a fan of hers. I, I, I'm just not. I don't hate her. I don't think she's a terrible person. Um, But I don't. I, I mean, like, the things that. It, it, it's almost like you're in high school again. Like, there might be that one kid 
I think of two kids in your high school that just never got along with each other. They never liked each other. They they couldn't stand being around each other. And no matter what, no matter what one kid wore, you know, you always just had to disagree with it because you didn't like the kid. That's kind of how I feel like it is with Brittany now. Like, it doesn't even matter what she does. There's a Reddit, a subreddit dedicated to essentially bashing her. Brittany's doing a really cool thing on Twitter right now where if there are any teachers that need help with their Amazon wish list, Brittany will retweet it. There are people online on that subreddit complaining, well, why doesn't she just buy it for all of them? What do you, I mean, these people who say these kinds of things, like, what have you done for society? How have you helped your community? You know, I, I know whenever there's a, a hurricane or a bad storm of some sort of, or, or when something bad happens, when there's a shooting, you know, you hear a lot of celebrities step up and offer to pay for, uh, the, the funerals or maybe help pay for, uh, funding to help those that dealt with storms and whatnot. And so many times it just turns into something really stupid where people publicly say, Oh, this celebrity only donated 10,000. He should have donated 50,000. Like, I hate that so much. I mean, you really want to sit here and talk about celebrities not donating more than they should, even though they donated five or six figures, you know, and by the way, what's your contribution to society? Are you doing anything to help out? I, I posted a picture because, um, again, you know, the Internet's stupid. Uh, Patrick and Brittany were sitting in a suite for the Taylor Swift concert at Arrowhead. And, you know, there are a few comments saying, oh, they should have gave, given their tickets away to uh, to a fan who can't afford them. Why? You know, they've earned the right to go enjoy big events at with VIP treatment. You know, why can't they? I, 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 and, I, and in response to that, I put out a post showing a picture of him signing. What was it? 24 checks of $15,000 to 24 different charities um, in accordance with uh, 15 in the Mahomes, his charity. So, you know, and by the way, he was with Big Slick this year, so he obviously contributed to that. He participated in the match, the golf match uh, that Mahomes and Kelsey had against uh, Curry and Thompson. He also competed in the golf tournament uh, last week, which... If I'm not mistaken, they do that for charity as well. So, you know, Mahomes has done his part. And, I, and I'm sure he's done a lot of other things that don't get out publicly. You, you know, I, I I just don't understand at some point, like, you know, and going circling back to the whole Britney topic here, because she's been retweeting Amazon wish list from teachers. You know, people, again, are complaining, oh, why doesn't she just buy everything on their wish list? You really want her to go through every teacher's Amazon wish list from tweets she receives. I mean, she's literally retweeting them and trying to create awareness and trying to get, she's using her platform essentially to let other people know, Hey, these teachers need your help. I mean, listen, I've come across a lot of teachers. Um, That is not an easy industry to be a part of when you consider the salary they make. Um, I don't think it's any secret here. I'm not giving you guys groundbreaking news that teachers don't make a lot of money. They don't. Um, so for her to even just create awareness for this, I think is awesome. But there's always going to be a group out there that's going to hate on her. 
and just find some angle against her. Again, I'm not the biggest fan of hers. I have criticized her in the past. I've done it without uh, criti- uh, without bashing her on a personal level. Um, but unfortunately, in our society today, people cannot disagree or criticize someone in a civil manner. Um, and, and listen, look, I, I don't want to get into this too much, but in our world today, we talk so much about a divide and people love to blame the media for the divide or politics or, you know, X, Y, and Z reasons for why we have a divide. No, it is ourselves folks. We do a great job enough of creating the divide ourselves. And it's not got nothing to do with the media, got nothing to do with anybody else, but ourselves. You see, you want to, you want to really talk about divide just open your Twitter. Okay. I don't care if this is your best friend, family member, whoever, Go look at some of the things that the people you follow tweet. People are just attacking people for no reason out there just to do it on Twitter. I mean, that's when you know there's a divide because people are just willing to criticize. If you watch the show and that's the biggest thing you can criticize Britney for is being too loud for Patrick. God forbid you're celebrating the second biggest game of the year. Man, you need to seek help. You need therapy. Uh, and tell that therapist, you know, you just have hate in your body and you need to find a way to get it out. Uh, I will just never understand um, people who want to be negative towards someone just for the sake of being negative. I'll never understand that. That to me is not a healthy mindset. At least that's how I was raised. But I guess not everyone was raised the same way. Uh, but hey, I mean, those are the people who end up uh, living miserably, so can't really worry about those people too much. Uh, the American Century Championship Golf Tournament took place over the weekend. Obviously, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes were household names there. This kind of, I mean, this is pretty cool. Um, I cannot recall a time where two Chiefs players were huge names. And I think it's also a bigger deal because they did win that match against Curry and Thompson. So they, they, I guess they kind of had the pressure of trying to win this one since they uh, they won the um, the match. But uh, they didn't. And, and I think Curry ended up winning, surprisingly enough. So um, it, it was really cool to see the Chiefs go out there and uh, make a name for themselves, be a big part of this. I know the Miz, who um, was part of the real world, on MTV, which was huge at the time, and that eventually helped him transition to WWE, and he's now one of the biggest superstars in WWE history. He's very well connected with celebrities out there, and um, in his work on Monday Night Raw, uh, he bragged about being part of the uh, the golf tournament, and he shouted out some of the celebrities who were there. He mentioned Charles Barkley. He mentioned another name I don't remember, and then the third and fourth names he mentioned were Mahomes and Kelsey. So when when you got a big name on WWE Raw who mentions four celebrities and half of those are Chiefs players, you know this is a damn good time to be a Chiefs fan. I said at the beginning of the podcast with everything going on right now with the Chiefs and you know thankfully you know uh, unlike 2020 when with COVID taking so many things away, the Chiefs actually got to do their uh, their little uh, uh, celebrity tour, right? They got to do their victory lap uh, across the country. I'm Travis Kelsey. The guy seems like he goes to some nightclub every day, just parting it up with people. Mahomes seems like he's going to every fancy event uh, that's happening in the United States of America. I remember he was at the uh, gala one day, and then a few days later he was at... God, what was the name of it? He was at the uh, Kentucky Derby. And then less than 24 hours later, he was at F1. And I remember a, a journalist was filming him. He said, 
dude, weren't you at the Kentucky Derby just yesterday? And he turns to the reporter and goes, I'm everywhere. So that was a, a pretty funny moment uh, in the offseason where uh, he got to do that. And then also rubbed elbows with Mattress Mac, who complained about uh, betting against him. So, you know, too bad for Mattress Mac. And say a, a thought and prayer for his bank account. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Farce Cat. Or excuse me, no, not Farce Cat. What am I saying? The Chief Zone. have not gotten used to that yet. The Chief Zone. So big thanks to all of you who took the time to download and listen to The Chief Zone. If you guys enjoyed any part of this podcast, please make sure you guys rate, subscribe, share the links out there on social media. Let your friends know about The Chief Zone. Appreciate all of you who listened live as well on Facebook and on YouTube. I'm out of here. I'll talk to you guys next week. Don't forget Red Friday live stream. This Friday, we'll do that as well. Take care. See you later.